Growing up in Hudson, Anna Johnson was active in the Hudson community. She played for the Hudson High School girls hockey team, was involved in the North Hudson Pepper Fest, and as she described herself, was generally a bubbly person. But Anna was also experiencing anxiety and depression, and when she was just 22, she lost her father to suicide. She had already been an advocate for mental health before her dad's death, but eventually decided to start a nonprofit called The Butterfly Path that provides mental health resources to the Western Wisconsin and Twin Cities communities. Anna joined this week's St. Croix Stories for a conversation about mental health, sharing about her own mental health journey over the years and offering insights on where Hudson residents can turn if they need help with their own mental health. I enjoyed my discussion with Anna on an important subject and I hope you will too. So today on St. Croix Stories, we're going to be talking about a pretty important topic and one that's become more uh, widely talked about, I guess, in, in recent years, and that's mental health. And, and to do that, we've got a special guest here today, Anna Johnson, who is the founder and vice president of The Butterfly Path, uh, a nonprofit here that she'll explain a little bit about in a minute. But first of all, Anna, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Honored. Uh, so first, tell people maybe who you are and kind of your background. Yeah. So um, like Tyler said, my name is Anna. I started The Butterfly Path six, seven years ago. Um, um, born and raised in Hudson, and we're just kind of out here trying to make a difference in the mental health community and become a resource for others to kind of get help and share their stories as well. You mentioned you grew up in Hudson. Uh, what was it like growing up here as a kid? Do you have any favorite memories of the town or just uh, what it was like uh, as a kid here? Yeah, there are a lot of memories, actually. <laughs> Um, I grew up playing hockey. Okay. Um, I played hockey for 13 years. Nice. Um, and so, I mean, kind of growing up and playing at the, they just renovated the hockey yeah. rink, which is really cool. My dad's dad in the original one helped like with electro electrical work and things oh, cool. like that. So it's kind of, and my dad grew up playing hockey there. And so that's really kind of a a spot that holds a special place in sure. my heart. Um, and hockey has taught me a ton in life, actually. And sure. so I think sports are really important and clubs and activities in general for students. Um, I was a part of North Hudson Pepper Fest. So again, okay. so kind of getting into the community, volunteering, yeah. meeting really cool people. Um, one of them's on our board today. Okay. So it's just, it's really cool. It's kind of helped shape me who I am. And the community has been nothing but supportive through my journey in mental health. So... Hudson will always have a, have a place in my heart. So, would you play in hockey? What position were you? Um, I was right wing. Okay. So nice. <laughs> forward. Yes, I went from defense to right wing. Wasn't a fan of skating backwards so many times. <laughs> it was uh, since I've been here. I've learned just how big hockey is in this community, and you know some pretty it's good teams so cool. over the years. And yes, yeah, really good support from the community too. So, so. cool. Um, so as I mentioned, the Butterfly Path is your nonprofit. We'll dive into that in just a minute. But I understand that um, the idea for it came about from kind of your own mental health uh, challenges that you experienced after the passing of your dad, who you mentioned a minute ago. Um, I know you've talked about that before, but maybe can you share a little bit about that and why you decided to start the Butterfly Path? Yeah. So it's really interesting, actually, is before my dad passed away, I had a passion of starting an organization uh, to help the mental health community in St. Croix County. And it's really shaped into something more than that. I just kind of through talking with other community members and uh, my parents and things like that as they got me help through my mental health journey from when I was diagnosed with stuff in college, I just saw this need 
of resources, where people can find them. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the first part. I mean, right. you Google and it's hardly out there of where you can find help. And then you get into insurance stuff and the cost yeah, and availability. Oh my gosh. Right. And so then after my dad passed away, I kind of took a few months off my mental health advocacy, things like that, because I was just so overwhelmed, right. essentially. And then I finally decided that something needed to be done. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started the Butterfly Path. So it's kind of been a mix of my personal story and just kind of the community need and things like that that really jump-started it. And I think you've talked a little bit about just kind of how much your dad meant and that challenge. I mean if you're open to, to talking about that a little bit Absolutely. and maybe how it kind of impacted you and, and kind of your outlook on mental health as well. Yeah. So my dad actually, a couple of weeks before he passed, calmed me down from a panic attack. He went to therapy with me. So it was kind of a full circle moment when my therapist, she, I've seen this, I kind of recently just changed therapy, things like that since um, I moved out of Hudson. But my therapist, she not only as like she's met my dad, she was one of my first therapists when I started at 19 and I'm 28 now. And then after my dad passed, we found out that she's actually a grief counselor too. So mm. it's just so cool to kind of be able to process with this individual, yeah. kind of what happened and things like that. Um, my dad passed away uh, from suicide. And what's really hard is that he had no diagnosis of mm. mental health. And so that's where it kind of got confusing with me is I'm like, okay, you know, you label someone as depressed or anxious or bipolar, you know, the list right. goes on, but then you have someone who is quote unquote, you know, mentally healthy, mm -hmm. but also dies by suicide. And so that's so confusing to me. So that kind of goes into the butterfly path, trying to find resources for suicide and get suicide research in Wisconsin and things like that, because the brain is so complex right. that now you, you know, you think you have this black and white world of mental health and it's like, oh my gosh, no, it's so right. great. Yeah. So we're kind of here to help break down some of these barriers because people's lives are being lost. And we, I don't want anyone to feel what I felt when my dad died. And grief in general. I know it's inevitable. Right. Grief is. But that feeling of losing someone you love is so hard and gut-wrenching that, um, and you miss them every day. And so I, with the butterfly path, it kind of gives me another meaning in life to kind of help people. I love helping people. I think there's, there's obviously a need. And if, you know, people of higher power in the political world and things like that, you know, can't help us, then mm -hmm. you someone's got to do it. Someone's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe tell a little bit more, kind of expand on, on the butterfly path and, um, you know, the, what the organization provides, what are maybe some of the main objectives that you and your team, um, and if you want to talk about the team too, yeah. not, you know, who else is with you, what are you guys hoping to achieve with, you know, the work that you do? Yeah. So we're, we're a, a team of volunteers. Um, a lot of us all work full time, um, in other areas and we kind of our team is basically our board of directors mm -hmm. and we aim we kind of have different pillars that we work with so we talked about you know the research part of it um, we want to make mental health resources more available so we have a therapy scholarship assistance program there's not really sure. you know a name for it but um, where a lot of majority of our funding goes towards funding for therapy sessions when either insurance doesn't cover it your out-of-pocket costs get too much mm -hmm. um you know, your your bills are piling up where then you can't see your therapist anymore, things right. like that. I use the example of I, you know, have a full-time job 
with benefits mm-hmm. and I'm still paying you know, over $100 out of pocket for therapy because right. it only covers, you know, a fraction. Part so it, right. there's this kind of stigma, too, that we're breaking down of just because, you know, when someone can't afford therapy, it doesn't mean that they don't have, you know, the right insurance or they, you know, whatever. So right. we're basically breaking down these barriers. We don't have income requirements. We don't have, we don't discriminate because mental health doesn't discriminate. Yeah. So that's kind of where majority of our funding goes towards. We also have been helping um, within the school districts, helping our kiddos with um, Calm Corners. So we're helping schools get supplies to have just these tools and areas in the classrooms where kids can go and they can decompress. They can regulate their emotions. They can kind of take a second to, I guess, regain with their emotional, you know, stability and things sure, like that because sure. it can get overwhelming and yeah. whatnot. So we're ha- finding healthy ways to help, you know, the younger generations also regulate their emotions in a healthy way. What ages of kids is that program helping or, or um, elementary school? Okay. Yeah. And then we've also, when we first started, we did a gratitude journal drive kind of where if you bought a gratitude journal from our online store, we donated a gratitude journal to the Hudson High School. Oh, cool. So we were able to donate like 400 journals. Wow. So just kind of finding in the middle of, you know, us navigating this mental health world, we're trying to find little pockets of uh, resources because anything, no matter how big or small, can help. Absolutely. Um, so we're kind of that. And then we also help refer people to get help. So if you don't know where to go, you email us, you text me, you call me, uh, whatever it works. And I'm going to find you a list of either support groups or therapy places, or if you need, you know, inpatient, outpatient, Mm -hmm. um, you name it. Some of them I know from personal experiences and others, you know, I'm also finding through digging through the internet and networking with other providers and things like that. So I've gotten some really cool connections just through providers, which has been awesome. Just talking with them and understanding, you know, how we're helping and they're helping. Very cool. I know the resources that the Butterfly Path offers are available to people in Western Wisconsin and the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look specifically here at Hudson and maybe the St. Croix Valley area, a little bit broader, are there any unique challenges that that this area faces with, with regards to mental health or is it kind of similar to what really, you know, the entire country or maybe these these states are facing? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is we don't really have an inpatient facility in the St. Croix County. Hmm. So it, let's say you're in a crisis mode um, and you need a safe spot or you need to just get help. Sure. Um, you would probably be going to the cities. Mm-hmm. And then within the cities, you, you know, you would have United Hospital, Abbott, things like that, or you're going to go to, I believe it's Eau Claire maybe, okay. but then if beds are full, then they're sending you to Fargo. Sure. Or, like yeah. I remember personally when I was first hospitalized for mental health, I was hospitalized three times. And one of the three, I remember overhearing the doctors tell my parents, we're waiting for beds to open up and you either have the, the Twin Cities, Fargo, or... Wow. I think they did say Eau Claire, something like that. Yeah. And I just Either way, like, that's a long ways away. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's scary for someone in yeah. a crisis mode, too. Right. So I've been really lucky. The first time um, I was going to college in Duluth at UMD, and so I was hospitalized in Duluth. And I had to, I mean, you have to wait sometimes, too, like, if you're in the ER or something, you're waiting in this bed. So it's not like you're going right into the treatment center. Sure. And then the last two times was, like, Abbott and United in the Twin Cities. What's really wonderful, though, about inpatient, it's really scary, like, talking about the topic, but they set you up for success as well as they can for Mm -hmm. when you leave 
the hospital. So they're sitting down with me and, you know, the caregivers or your parents or guardians, whoever. And they're saying, um, I mean, they're connecting you with your psychiatrist. They're talking to your therapist if you have one. If you don't, they're helping you set up with one. Um, They're talking to you about, you know, med management, things like that. Then you have like these different, just leaving it. So they're not just leaving, you know, saying, okay, here you go. go. You can just leave. They're helping you set up a plan. And then, and a couple of times I've had then an outpatient program get set up for me, which Mm -hmm. has helped me enormously. So kind of um, accepting some of the resources that have been given to me has been really helpful, but it's also been helpful for the organization because I'm, I've learned about all these different options that people don't know about. Right. Well, it sounds like you guys are are filling a bit of a gap in this area with with these resources, which is is awesome. But Mm -hmm. probably even more, you know, work could be done to address this as, you know, we know mental health challenges are are continuing and becoming more talked about. Um, So, yeah, but kudos to to what you guys are doing. And and it's been since 2017, I believe, that you founded it. Do you feel like the conversations around mental health have have changed since then? Or have people been maybe more open to discussing their own mental health? Yes, people have been way more open. We still have a way to go, obviously. But I mean, even in the last seven years, I've seen such a difference. Mm. I started a blog called Surviving Young. Um, When I first started my mental health advocacy, I was like a junior in high or in, um, excuse me, college. Okay. And with my family's permission, because really when I share my story, I'm sharing my family's right. story too. Yeah. And they were super supportive of this. Um, and I remember when I first started posting about it on social media, people would reach out and they were just kind of shocked too, because I was really active in the community. I was yeah. very bubbly. I was, you know, I had a core group of friends. I had, you know, I wasn't your the stigmatized, depressed sure. individual. Right. But depression, what we're also kind of trying to show is mental health can look different on anyone. Right. Um, and so Surviving Young was kind of about, you know, being in your 20s and kind of navigating this mental health world mm-hmm. and things like that. And I mean, even since COVID, COVID really right. opened up a lot of doors for mental health in the sense of talking about it because people who never experienced it before definitely experienced at least a little bit of it with the isolation and just unknowns and things like that. And so we saw an increase in need, obviously. That's Mm -hmm. when we actually launched our um, assistance request program, too. And it just increased the need because, you you know, people lost jobs, their insurance changed, things like that. So that really opened up doors of conversations through mental health. And so I think people are becoming more open and also willing to accept help, which is a big big step. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for me personally, the pandemic, I think we all have our own kind of ways that it impacted us, but I certainly noticed a difference in my mental health. And um, yeah, so I I think you're right that even in the past, whatever it's been now, three years, Mm -hmm. probably an even bigger rise in that. But to your point too, I think people are more comfortable now because we're realizing that, you know, everyone's probably got something going on that they're dealing with. Absolutely. They don't have to, you know, suffer alone in silence, which is a good thing to be able to talk about it, obviously. Um, since you started the Butterfly Path, what have you, what have maybe been some of the most valuable things you've learned about mental health and about the local community and the support as well? I would probably say that no matter, I've learned that it doesn't matter what age someone's at, that they can get mental health resources. Like Mm -hmm. through our therapy assistance um, program, we've helped people from ages like eight to 81, men and women, 
all over the county um, and beyond. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why we're expanding a little bit because yeah. people have come from the Twin Cities. They've, we've helped someone in Altoona. We've helped, you wow. know, so yeah. kind of everywhere. And it's really eye-opening. Sometimes we help people once. We help people multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that one therapy session can help someone feel human again. And so I think it's really cool to kind of see people who of all ages are kind yeah. of getting the help because it doesn't matter where you are in your journey or right. it could help you, you know, you don't, maybe you didn't go through something until later in life. Mm-hmm. And so then you kind of, but to see people no matter what age get help, it's been really empowering. Yeah. And it could be, I might be wrong with this, but a generational thing of, you know, 20 yes. years ago, people weren't talking about it. Maybe those people in their mm-hmm. 80s, like you mentioned, are, are not quite that old, but are now more willing to, to find help. Is yes. that, I don't know if that's at all maybe part of it. but I think yeah. so. I, am, I have a theory around that too. I definitely think it's generational. Yeah. And I've kind of learned through even my own dad's passing of just understanding, you know, how other people in other generations process mm-hmm. grief like that. Right. And it's just, I've kind of had to keep an open mind and it's taken years to learn this and I guess to accept it too, because at first it was like, how come, you know, how come people aren't grieving like I am or right. how come people aren't understanding it like I am? And yeah. it's like, it's kind of taken until now to really fully understand that everyone takes their own time mm-hmm. and everyone grieves their own way and everyone deals with mental health their own way too. Right. Um, but I definitely think some people deal with it quieter. I just deal with it louder. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a good thing because I'm you're, yeah. you're, you know, sharing your story, but it's probably also helping other people to, to hear yeah. you talk about it as well. Um, speaking of sharing your story in, in kind of louder ways, you're a podcast pro. This is not your, you're not your first one. <laughs> I don't uh, know if pro would be the right well, term. You, you, you do have your own podcast called That Foreign Feeling, which I wanted to ask you about. I know that talks about the feelings that people experience when dealing with grief and loss, yep. like you were just mentioning. Uh, what's it been like to host that and to have these conversations about some of these impactful topics? We have met some pretty awesome people who are also making a difference in the world too. And we're also just opening up again, more conversations. So what's kind of cool is through a board member, I met this awesome group of women um, who also have their own stories. Mm -hmm. And we sat at a coffee shop when we first met and we talked for like a couple hours and it's, we have just such cool conversations of, we each have our different story, but we all feel the same about talking openly about grief or sharing Mm -hmm. resources, or I would say, hey, so-and-so, like, how do you navigate these types of situations? Or, you know, everyone's day-to-day life is different in our group. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to bring on, and we all bring on different types of guests, which is really cool. So it kind of makes this conversation different. And to kind of talk about, like, there was one episode we did that talked about men's mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, I think topic that needs to be talked about a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have two brothers. I don't have a sister. (laughs) So I can only speak kind of how I feel as like a woman with mental health. And like I said, I'm louder about it. But even seeing how my brothers deal with things quieter, it just is really fascinating to me. And it kind of, you know, talk about the generational thing too. It's just understanding and hearing. I love hearing why people believe in things that they do. And while we might have different belief systems, everyone believes something because of 
what they've gone through Mm -hmm. or different experiences in life. And so to understand where people are coming from, I think is super powerful. And I think we can all kind of gravitate towards that a little bit more so we can maybe get along a little easier. (laughs) But, and that's how, you know, things are changed is, you know, us working together more. But I love hearing people's stories and, you know, hearing their why. And if they're, you know, not everyone wants to talk about their story, which is okay, but that's kind of fun. Yeah. Again, the podcast is called That Foreign Feeling. You guys have done quite a few episodes, I think. Uh, When I checked it out, it's on most of the podcast platforms. If people want to check it out. Yeah. 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 There was like a month in May where we challenged ourselves to do like a mental health resource a day. Okay, wow. That's, that's <laughs> that was a lot. For mental health month, right? In May? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a like mini episodes is kind of what we called them. Okay. But yeah. And then we have um, really cool guests from all over the state. So Very it's cool. been cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are some ways that people here in the Hudson community can support the work of the Butterfly Path if they're maybe even if they're not utilizing the resources, are there other ways that they can contribute or, mm-hmm. or volunteer or how can people that might be listening, you know, help out and, and support yeah. what you're doing. So we're always looking um, for help with our annual golf tournament. That's okay. our biggest fundraiser of the year. So we kind of put a lot of our energy towards that fundraiser. Um, that's actually in honor of my dad's. So my mm. dad was the superintendent of the Hudson Golf Club course or okay. club. And he just kind of having this golf tournament is such a fun way to kind of honor his life. And he was very quiet guy. (laughs) So he would be probably not like, you'd be very shy (laughs) about having something as a spotlight on him, but it's really cool to kind of see people come together, community members and just kind of golf in his honor, but also raise money for mental health resources. So that kind of helps go towards majority of our funding, which is the therapy scholarships. And then I mean, I'm always looking to collaborate with other people and organizations because, like I said before, the more we work together, the more uh, we can help people and our community. Hudson is in kind of, we're very, we're in a good spot kind of on the border because we have resources that we can reach, you know, in the Twin Cities and things like that. And so that's why we kind of bleed into the Twin Cities and help them too because I'm hoping when I first started the Butterfly Path, I'm hoping to bring some of the resources that we're able to get in the Twin Cities into Wisconsin because yeah. we're just a little behind <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, so kind of if we can kind of gravitate. So I'm always looking to collaborate and look at it that way. So. Very cool. Yeah. I'd encourage people to check it out. I'm guessing your website has some some information about yeah. that. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Um, a couple of uh, last questions here for you before we let you go. Um, what would you say to those who are listening who have maybe been feeling like they need help with their own mental health challenges or struggles, but they're maybe not quite sure where to start? Reach out. I mean, if anything, we can help, you know, kickstart where you're feeling. I, I'll, I'm i a firm believer in you're not ready to get help until you are ready. Mm. If that, I know yeah. that kind of probably doesn't make sense, but like if I am... Like I have, I stopped drinking three years ago. Oh, How many yeah. times have I gone to the bar and I was like, I'm not going to drink tonight. And I did. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I was really ready to stop drinking that I did it. And I, or I got help for it or yeah. I got, you know, talked to my therapist, things like that. Your first step is reaching out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a big thing because it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And also, I also understand it from the standpoint of, Sometimes you just don't know where to start, and that's right. so overwhelming. Yeah. So overwhelming. I mean, there's so many things to look into, whether it's um, like when I was finding a therapist that was closer to me that I could see in person, I was so overwhelmed because I had to figure out who was in my insurance. Right. Um, and then when I found out who was in network, 
Then it was reaching out to everyone that was in my network. And then, you know, then you're figuring, then there's so much. And then you got to figure out if you connect with the therapist or not. And then yeah. so it can kind of be draining. Yeah. So just kind of reaching out for resources or just, you know, an ear to listen. We're always here for you. So it doesn't matter if you are, if you need a resource now or you just need someone to listen. Sure. So. And where can they, people find more about the Butterfly Path? Uh, um, online on sure. our website at thebutterflypath.org. Okay. Yeah. I encourage people to check it out if maybe you need some help yourself or you know someone who might mm -hmm. and you'd be able to help them. Uh, the last question, the one I leave every guest with, um, as someone who grew up here, you probably have a, a lot to choose from, <laughs> but I'm curious, what is your favorite thing about Hudson? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is, that's a loaded question. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. My favorite thing about Hudson, the sense of community, 100%. Sure. We would not be here if it weren't for the community in Hudson. We started selling Choose Happy shirts seven years ago when I just kind of had the idea to start it yeah. and where we kind of wanted funds to go, things like that. And the community jumped on board. They were our biggest supporters. When my dad passed away, I mean, we felt the community just hug us when mm -hmm. we kind of were, you know, retreating away and we didn't really yeah. want to be in public or, you know, go to the grocery store or things like that and right. run into people. But um, the community has always been so supportive and I felt it ever since, I mean, I've grown up here. So, and I see it even when I come back. So yeah. my family still lives here in Hudson and it, it's so cool. Yeah. So yeah. cool. I guess I'll leave it one last one. If you want to just leave kind of any thoughts on, on mental health or anything that maybe you want people to know um, before we sign off here, I'll, I'll kind of leave leave the last uh, bit here to you. Oh my gosh. Putting it on the spot here. I right? know. <laughs> I know. I would say, I guess the last thing kind of I want to touch on with mental health is we still have a long way to go. Yeah. We're just kind of getting started. We're just, you know, the, the landscape Politically is always changing. I mean, the economy is always changing. There's always going to be barriers that are going to be popping up. So right. we're kind of still, we still have a you know, long road ahead. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to still continue to support the mental health community in any way. And we're trying to collaborate with other local organizations and things like that. But I would just encourage anyone who's feeling alone in their journey or they don't know, you know, where, how to reach out or where to start or anything, reach out to us because we're just always, you know, we're here to work together and yeah. kind of, but we, we do have a long, long way to go still, yeah. but it's just getting started. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you and your team are doing great work uh, with the Butterfly Thank Path you. and, um, you know, a great resource to the community. So, and I really appreciate you coming on St. Yeah, Croix Stories today you. and talking about a very important topic. Yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of St. Croix Stories. I really appreciate the support. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, be, be sure to check it out, stcroixstories.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and go check out Anna's podcast as well, That Foreign Feeling, some uh, pretty important conversations there as well. Until next time, have a great day.